Hello and welcome to the Race FF podcast. Oh, sorry about that, guys. Um, my name is Jaime Garcia and I am your host. And today, you know, there there's always somebody who, whether it's in your own club racing organization or your group of friends that you can always lean on to help you push. You know, that one person that is always there in terms of maybe, you know, maybe their background is not like an exact racing driver or whatnot, but like just specifically on their skill set, they're there to help you push. And when I need somebody to help me push and Kevin Burke is not available, my first person on that second list is uh patrick orozco so thank you for coming on patrick (laughs) well thank you for uh throwing me to the in in uh in your play there you know if it wasn't wasn't for me kevin wouldn't be even there (laughs) uh uh, I, i figured i'd have to throw it in there knowing that uh you and kevin have uh history working together but uh we 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 can actually touch on that um so Patrick Orozco is one of the instructors from uh, NASA, and he does sometimes the classroom meetings for the HPD one people, and um, you know steps in every anywhere he can. And he's a phenomenal driver. He has a lot of raw talent. And um, we mentioned Kevin Burke because him and uh, Patrick worked uh, for the same company, uh, Fast Toys, right? Yeah, so I met Kevin at Fast Toys. Um, you know, Kev- Kevin's a really good driver. He's very, you know, analytical, you know, mm-hmm. with his dad. And, you know, uh, which is great, right? Because that, I think a lot of racing nowadays have to do with that, right? So knowing the data. So I told Kevin, I said, you know what? Instead of you messing around with the other <coughs> clubs that, <coughs> you know, oh. like I <laughs> Again, if you want to edit anything, we can just go ahead and edit stuff. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, but uh, I told Kevin, you know, why don't you really compete with some real drivers? And uh, he said, you know, he says, uh, he said, well, my cars don't don't work at NASA. And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, yeah, because you have all these cheater mods on the car. And uh, instead of doing that, why don't you, you know, draw raw talent? Let's go. And uh, I got him to join NASA, and then I got him to do the racing school. And um, and then he called me that's, that next day. Just thank you for pushing me. I love it. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, Ken. So if you ever hear this, uh, remember who's your boy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. We are not even four minutes in, and all the shade is being thrown to uh, Kevin. Uh, trust me i am well aware of having to have a thick skin yeah yeah it's especially with some of the racers and being um you know kevin and i both are kind of the younger uh on the younger side of the nasa spectrum and that's something we really have to work on is uh, getting more younger people in there and that's one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast is because uh, I think NASA has a great uh, ladder program to really show showcase um, uh, improvement in drivers. And I, I think it's a great way to start up. So in terms of your backstory, um, Patrick, I remember you telling me a story of how you first got involved in track days where... I think you went with this one organization. I, I I don't remember who it was, but you were like paying twelve hundred dollars for a weekend, and you had a blast or something like that. It was more than twelve hundred bucks, but yeah. So, this is uh, quickly here. Um, my friend PR, you know PR. Oh, Pramesh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Pramesh. Pramesh used to work for Toyota, mm-hmm. and at Toyota every year they used to do. Like whoever did the best in their dealership, whatever, used to throw them a bone and go with Fastlane. Like uh. Fastlane, Fastlane did used to be in charge of all the celebrity racing for the Long Beach Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So they were using Toyotas and Science. And um, so one day PR goes, "Hey, you're going to the track with me tomorrow. You work for Toyota." And I'm like, "Oh, crazy!" So I ended up going with him. That's that's where I met Steve mm. Hook. Our buddy Steve Hook, yeah. late, late, 
And um, so anyway, so yeah, so then um, I went back like three times, and every time I went back, it was twenty five hundred bucks. And I, I did that like three times a year. Wow. So you add that up, right? And yeah. Then, and then one day, me and PR said, you know what? We're just going to talk to – and Danny McKeever was the one who, who did that. And um, he's retired now, I believe. I think some other people run it. I think his family still runs it, but not him. Um, but anyway, um, so we went – me and PR went up there with $3,500 in our cash. They say, hey, we'll give you $3,500 for these two cars each and a couple of free track days. And the guy goes, sure. So we, that's how we – he became with the Celicas at NASA. Mm. And yeah, and then I went I went with them and then Steve was the one who introduced me to NASA. Yeah, because at that time Steve um I think he was the main instructor for uh HPD one and two or No, 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 no. At that time Steve was just a driver, he was an instructor. But uh Fulton and Matthews was the guys for first, um group one and two and three oh. and Four and time trial to get was together at that time. Oh, that oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, because I, I started off with Steve, so I, I have fond memories yeah, of him, with, right? Yeah, that's when um, I think he was um, Fulton didn't want to do it anymore or he couldn't do it anymore, or something, mm-hmm. but it, it, it was always between Fulton and, and Matthews to do one and two and three, yeah. 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 No. And you know, um, we say late because uh, Steve Hook passed away a couple years ago in a tragic car accident. But um, you know, I learned a, a lot from him, and I always try to, you know, follow a lot of what his uh, patience was when he would instruct me. Yeah. So, yeah, incredibly patient, very, very uh, focused in what he said. It, it oh was, yeah. Yeah. Like he, he didn't. He didn't waste words. Like everything no. he said had purpose, and uh, I don't know. Like uh, he he left a deep deep impact in me. So yeah, appreciate yeah, that guy. I, I, yeah, he, yeah, he, he did that with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it was like natural for him to do that. You know, mm-hmm. now he was he was very very patient all the time, and he taught me a lot as well. And you know that the whole Matthews and Fulton and Steve, you know, taught me a lot. You know. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's how I started with NASA. So we talk about your uh, Celica, and that was pretty much your race car. Was an old, um, pretty much a Toyota of Long Beach um, Grand Prix a celebrity race car that just had like a cage, and I think that's pretty much it, right? They had like some little mods and coilovers. Yeah, it had a Toyota TRD coilovers, shocks, had a full cage in it, but it had all the interior in it. Mm-hmm. Boxy, lock everything. Um, I remember Danny had put some, like, just some belts, but they were Mickey Mouse in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was funny. And then we had the full interior, heater, everything. Air conditioner, heater, it had everything in it. Oh, and man. It had everything. And so, uh, it was funny because when we went there, Everybody was like talking crap about the Celicas, you know. Mm-hmm. We we weren't fast enough. We weren't didn't have the horsepower. And man, let me tell you, me and PR proved everybody wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean those are stout cars, and I mean say what you will about cars that are very fast, like Miatas. But once you get them going and you can maintain that momentum, and you're on a sticky tire, it's really hard. Um, like, like those cars are hard to keep up with. I mean, any nowadays, all, all the cars are pretty good out of the box, but a, a set of sticky tires on a Celica with a good coilovers and whatnot? Well, that, well that's the thing. I, I didn't learn on sticky tires. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you started off on street tires. I started off on $35 tires from Science. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, started, I started on some worn-out, zeros that came with the car hard as a rock <laughs> and i remember the first day at nasa was in the rain at big willow oh that's perfect time. that's perfect oh, I and uh, I, and that was like i really liked driving in the rain since that day mm. you know because it taught 
a lot of patience, of course. And, um, and I had Steve telling me, go, go for it, go for it, you know, and it was just, it was great, right? And then um, I went and bought some Toyo RE1s, and Fulton says, you're not going to use those tires, you're going to use these. So literally, there were some takeoff Scion tires from Toyota, mm-hmm. uh, and I drove on those. And nice. uh, I was all over the place. I was all <laughs> over the place. And I, I remember going off, coming down uh, Cotton Corners, and I was hauling, and just went off because I, I had no more grip or anything and then I said okay I'm done with these and I ran I ran like for a, a year like a whole whole season and a half of those hours yeah and I bet you once you come off the track you'd touch them and they'd be cold like they wouldn't have any oh my god they were all chunked up <laughs> and you know like oh my god they were terrible I mean they were terrible but uh but you know Fulton was right you know he says you know you learn on these tires and you put these other ones on and like it's like magic, you know, and it's like, oh my god, I can go faster through here, and I, oh my god, I can do this, and I can do that. So, you know, and it's funny because I try to teach that to people right now, mm-hmm. and they don't. A lot of people don't get it. They, oh, I want the best tire, I want the best creepy tire, but they they don't seem to understand that it hides all your mistakes and it hides yeah. a lot of, a lot of stuff. And and once you go from those to the other ones, you're super fast. And that was one of the things that people. There was another guy one time in another Celica, mm-hmm. and he couldn't understand why I was so much faster than he was. And he, um, and he would just come, like him as mechanic would come around the car and check it out. And he says, oh, he has, he's got a different computer, and he's got this, he's got that. And literally, the only thing that I did was take all the interior out of the car, put some real bucket seats, some belts. Mm-hmm. And I didn't change the suspension. I didn't change anything. Um and um, I put some Toyo RA1s, and then I put some Hoosiers, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, that was I mean, like, to, to be honest, with, like, modern cars, that's really all you need. Like, if you wanted oh, to, yeah. like, really go into, like, time trials and do that and compete, if you have the seat time with it, um, even the 200 Treadwear uh tires out right now that are super sticky like that's all you really need and you go really far i mean you you look at people like eli and his kia rio and you know he doesn't have the best uh, power or or whatnot but he he makes it happen and he really upsets people when he catches them or passes them because they have to look at the hamster and in that little Kia Rio just rolling past them. I know it's frustrating because right. I've chased him and he's quick. Oh, I know. I, you know, it's, it's like these little cars are the, the underdogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, you know, we, we put on and we learn how to drive them. And, uh, I remember what I was doing enduros in it, you mm-hmm. know, people were like, why are you on that track? You're too slow. And then, and then, you know, I'd go right by them around the corner, you know, and then they'd catch up, you know, and, and I would run on a full set of tires. I didn't have to switch them out. I didn't hmm. have to do anything, you know, and I, I'd outbreak them by, by breaking really deep and getting, you know, taking me on the corners. Of course, they'll take me in the straightaway, right? But, yeah. but they were all busy because I was doing that. And then, you know, after a while, they gave us a little bit of respect, like, okay, that, that guy's cool, man. That thing's hustling. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, they were, uh, really, uh, um, okay with it towards the end of us racing the Enduros in that car. Mm-hmm. But it was funny too, because it's like, um, you know, they would, some, some of these cars would lap me, Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm like put to the floor, full throttle. And all of a sudden you, you, you have these other cars going like, Oh my God, Oh my God, just keep going, keep going. You know, they put my, my, my pinky outside the window going, okay, go, go. <laughs> it was just like, Oh my God. I, I remember I got, I got thrown off. I got bumped off the track once. Oh boy. With, uh, with a bunch of the the, the uh, E1 cars, you know. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, my God. I got, like, five of them in, in my little pack of surrounding me. And I just went, boop, right off the track. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, when Patrick says E1 is a t- type of classing, so endurance cars um, carry yeah. the moniker of E. And I believe it's E1, 2, and 3. And 3 is kind right. of like... Your time trial six cars, so imagine like a spec Miata, spec E30. Yeah, it's it's low horsepower cars. Mm-hmm. And E1 was like the fast guys, like all the EM3s when they were like, um, at that time, they were performance touring. 
wasn't yeah. even as class as a performance touring, you know, class. Mm-hmm. And there was better, you know, PTD or PT, uh, A, B, C, D, E, E. Yeah. I think it was at that time. So, like, an idea for people, like, I think the Civic Type R, the new one, is an E1 car, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. I'm not quite sure. So, so, so you know, I, a lot of these things that are coming out new, I think, just like the Celica was, I don't think that they should be classified in such a high class. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think we take it in consideration of the computerizing that the car has, you know? Mm-hmm as it could be but like the Celica at that time was an F and, oh, yeah. and it was and it was going to move up but that was the borderline of F and I think it was E mm-hmm. I think it was yeah because that was an E so yeah right and I was I was telling Greg at that time there's no way this car is an E it had to be it, it just stayed as an F and then um, but I think now with all these you know, these cars that have all these computers and all this stuff that the car can do mm. that class is a little high, I think, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the huge advantage of being able to flash tune things now with the new ECUs that uh, most modern cars are doing, I mean, yeah. the performance p- potential is just a lot better than, you know, back in the old days where you had to get a standalone ECU, rewire the car and then, reteach the entire thing how to drive um so yeah things have uh gotten better and i mean now you you've always obviously been an instructor now for a lot longer than i have but when i get into a new car i mean i i have yet to get into a new car that i've been out on the track and i go oh yeah this thing just handles like a dog like it's not good at all and I mean, I've been in a Buick freaking wagon up at Auto Club, and it it, it handles, man. Like the the cars don't suck anymore. Is what I'm trying to get at. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it's funny because I went from low horsepower cars to teaching exotics. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of like one of those things where, like, okay, what happened to the in between? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, but. You know, I know I now that I've driven exotics, a lot of them, a lot of different ones, and you know, even exotics, you drive a, a Civic R, mm-hmm. um, no difference in, in a sense. There's not really a, a, a difference in handling, to be honest. Mm. The, 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 the technology is there for all these modern cars, and it drives just as a, a McLaren or. I, I handling wise, I'm not talking to, and, and, I, and I'm talking handling wise in a person who knows how to drive. Like, you know, you, yeah. you would be able to figure it out quickly. You know, yeah. opinion out quickly. Kevin will be figuring out quickly. You know, the, 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 the guys who, you know, who, who Fulton, you know, Matt, mm-hmm. we, we figure out things quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there's not much of a difference there. The only difference is the power and the, and how fast the computer saves you. Yeah. Because I mean, of, you know, that, that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember I got a chance to drive a Type R at Auto Club, and I just, like, I remember saying to the owner, uh, Tony from Unaccepted Pod, uh, I was just like, man, like, this car is easy. Like, it it does everything well. Like, there's at no point where I feel like, oh, this is understeering, so to cause, to, like, beat that i'm gonna do this to uh, adjust my line and um it's gonna be a compromise because i know the car's not gonna handle it's like literally where i want it it goes yeah you, you, you're really not thinking that far ahead anymore no no and, and but that, but there's a problem to that right as mm-hmm. an instructor would have to be one well any driver needs to be one step ahead of the car mm-hmm. and it can be so easy for now for a person not to think that way anymore yeah i could see that I could see that. I mean, I, I've... And it gets people in trouble. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the, the cars make more speed in the corners uh, than I, I feel like they did before. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it's... The learning curve, I think, is a lot easier. It's not as uh, aggressive. Because I feel like some of the last cars to really, like, punish you when you made mistakes 
where like the MR2s, the first gen S2000, yeah. and if it wasn't uh, set up uh, correctly. Um, yeah, there was that would bite you. Oh, yeah. You I mean, that. Mustangs uh, from Mustang. the early 2000s. I mean, you and I can attest to seeing, uh, going out there and looking at what's out there to instruct. And you see like an older Mustang, you're like, um, let's let's get Darren in that one. And <laughs> <laughs> Darren from Wild Ponies. I but know, yeah, I yeah. Yeah, it's, it, the, the rules have definitely changed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are you involved at all with uh, Fast Toys anymore, or, or what? Whatever happened to that company? So Fast Toys still exists. Okay. Um, in fact, we actually have a an event tomorrow for um, Wounded Warriors. Oh, okay, but they're, awesome. Their their game is a little different from NASA. Mm-hmm. Um, um, even the owner the owner races in NASA. Does a twenty five hours, and he mm-hmm. does some enduro. Um, but no, we run a different different show there's not that much instruction there's more of like um these are the rules and we all have expensive cars so we got to make sure we're all playing correctly you know we're, we're all doing the same rules um and there's no session there's actually two sessions they run in 25 minute intervals uh, uh, sorry not two sessions two groups mm-hmm. they run times um and it's a lot more racer guys um you know, a lot more guys like like club racing, like Ferrari Challenge, and oh, okay. and then you have guys who rent out Pescarolos and they rent out the Ferraris and then uh, race cars, factory built race cars, and then they have the other groups that come out with the McLarens and the Ferraris and you know the uh, Porsche GT2s and the, and the GT3 RSs. Um, that's the kind of clientele that he he has, and it's more of like, I just want to go and have fun. So I, I do run a tight ship, and thank you for NASA for that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but that's basically their, their thing. There's not, there's no really instruction. Mm-hmm. There's not that, you know, we do have a meeting in the morning. I go over the rules, and that's basically it. And that's still um, primarily over at Auto Club, right? No, 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 no. He, he does events um, all over. He does okay. Sonoma. He does Sonoma, Monterey, uh, yeah, Button Willow, Willow. He, mm. he does them all over. And I think he a couple of years ago he did Spa. Um, he did some European tracks as well. Like he, you know, yeah. Um, and those are for some of the really, really rich guys, you know. Yeah. So like you yeah. and like uh, I don't know some other people, not me. <laughs> no, no, you know, not even close. Not even close. Um, no, I mean, you know, um, but you know, I got to drive a lot of exotics when I was working for EXR. Oh yeah, that's right. The EXR was another company that you worked with. So since you have all these experience with, (laughs) so since you have a lot of these, uh, experiences with, uh, exotic cars and we kind of went over how in terms of driving, they're not really that difficult to figure out nowadays, but they still have their little quirks in terms of like how you open the doors. The doors are kind of like different and getting in and out of them. Is there one car that you've gotten into that does things like kind of like really different in the sense of a driver? Um, I, I don't know how to say this. Like the so for, me, so for me, the most easiest car but difficult car to drive was the McLaren. Okay. How so? And the, the reason why it's easy to drive once you know all the little software, this, that, you can do this to this car, you can do that to this, push this button, it does this, you do this, it does that. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, and that um, that and the Audi R8. Hmm. Um, those two cars were more the kind of like trying to figure out what mode and what the car does and what the car is. But once you drove the car, um, it was easy to drive. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what, 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 once you get in it and you, you're like, you, you get comfortable really quick and you know what the car's going to do to this corner and you know what the car's going to do to this corner after like two, two or three laps. Okay? But to try to get it like, for me, it was trying to get it like, okay, this, this mode or that mode, 
you know, and then change it. You know, those are the things that were kind of a little difficult to remember. Um, oh, you know, okay. So settings, so, uh, just based yeah. off of uh, what, what the like little track modes and whatnot are, yeah. are there. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so that, that, but you know what the most, the most, what people have um, is intimidation factor of the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is intimidating. And, Those cars are and, super expensive. And that's, that's it. It's, it's the car are just expensive. So, so a lot of instructors or a lot of people will just not drive them the way because they're afraid. You know, you got to remember, you know, a, a rear splitter for a Ferrari 488, you know, it's like five grand. Yeah, I'm not about that life, man. Um, that's like the cost of my my uh, race car. <laughs> that's the cost of my whole car. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's kind of like, it's it's that. And I've learned to, and w- one of the things that Fulton used to tell me and Matthew said, just drive the car. And um, and even till today, when I get in a car, especially a car like that, I just drive the car. Yeah. And saying that to yourself when you're driving these things, gets you a little bit more comfortable with the car. Mm-hmm. So then now you're you're able to do what the car is meant to do. Yeah, and I mean, I, I share that feeling, that feeling of like when I see a car that's kind of expensive or rare or something like that. Because like, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm very uh, sensitive to the fact that like this is somebody's like, especially like out in NASA, this is somebody's like pride and joy and Whenever yeah. I drive somebody's car, I obviously want to teach them and I want to get them to where I think uh, they they need to be out as a, as a student. But I'm also very cognizant of not trying to drive it more than like the six tenths, not to have the tire right. squealing every single time, not to overheat anything uh, in right. terms of the brakes or whatnot, because I'm not out there to set a PB. But no. I, I mean, just like you, you were saying, uh, one of the, and I go back to this car, the Civic Type R, uh, that I got to drive out there. I didn't know, but this guy had literally just bought this car like a couple months before, handing me the keys to go ahead and instruct him. And I'm like, damn, dude, like this has almost no mileage and we're going to go out on the track. I'm like, Foof. <laughs> I I want to make sure every shift is good. Everything is nice and clean and smooth because, oh my God, so- the- yeah. So, so think about it. So think about it when you're in a four hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah. See, I, I'm not even about that life. Even with the Civic Type R, uh, what is the dealer markups that are like freaking ten grand know, or something stupid? Crazy. Like eighty grand for the car. You know whether. They're oh like yeah the 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 new uh, yellow one limited edition. I saw like a markup of like forty thousand dollars, and I'm just like, wow, these dealers are scandalous. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so imagine driving one of those. Yeah, you know, no. the most expensive car I got to drive to drive was a million two. Oof! So that was the most. I'm not going to say what kind of car, um, but um, that was that was really a really an experience, a lot, um, in the sense that I got to drive a million dollar plus car. But um, the the way this car what it did and what it could do. I mean, I wasn't even close to what it could do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the intimidation factor was there, but the customer was really super humble guy mm-hmm. and uh, allowed me to drive the car. And uh, he says, I haven't driven that car that fast, but um, it was just, um, it was a beautiful car. Don't get me wrong. It was mm-hmm. great. But, but when I got out of the car at the end of the day, I said to myself, it's just another car. Yeah. You know, I, like you cool. said, the you have to drive it. Did, you have to drive yeah. it. You have to drive it, and that's what I did, and it just did the same thing. It just cost a million too. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know what I mean. But but yeah. at first, you're oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know. But yeah, you know, it's it's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's it's uh, I've been lucky too driving these these type of cars. It's been mm-hmm. it's been really cool. Yeah. So now that we're kind of touching on the whole, uh, what is it, the instructor aspect of it? What is it? You know. There's so many people who I've met who I think would be good instructors, but sometimes they have that issue of like getting car sick, like riding passenger yeah. seat. And, yeah. you know, I, I've been very fortunate that I've been able to handle even the most, uh, what's a nice way of saying this, uh, challenging students. Um, 
and uh, yeah. not not feeling like I needed to throw up. But obviously, that's very different compared to you dealing with some of the fast toys people and EXR. And I, I do remember Kevin uh, having a story about him going with somebody um, out in a McLaren at Auto Club. And then uh, for, I think it's turn three, uh, the hard uh, 90 degree left that the guy just stayed buried in it and blew through that break zone so that he felt like he was going to throw up after doing that because he was expecting, you know, like really hard and aggressive braking, but this guy stayed flat out. So it just messes with your head. Have you had one of those experiences? Dude, I, I, I've had, <laughs> I remember, I, I'll give you two. One of them um, was in NASA when I first started instructing and I was in a Civic, Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. And and the, the guy was like his first time on the track and it was like my third event that I was instructing. And, <laughs> um, you know, this was not even like, I think this was like the third lap in the first session. Mm-hmm. And I, we, we were coming up on a, on a car and he wouldn't slow down. I'm like, I'm like, okay, slow down. Okay. And he wouldn't slow down. I turn around and I look at him and he's just like tunnel blocked. Like he's just stuck. And I remember Ryan telling me, you know, if you ever get in trouble, smack him in the head with that, with your hand, you know, smack him, smack him in the head with the, in the helmet. <laughs> and I did that. I, I, I literally took my hand and went, bam, right on his helmet. And, uh, and he, he went like, Oh my God. And I, I, I put the car in the dirt. And, oh um, yeah, you reached over was, and you steered him. I, oh, oh, I yeah, I just I just took the steering wheel, put the car in the dirt, and then he gets back and I go, "What happened? What's going on with you?" And he just said, "I I don't know. I, I just blacked out." And I'm like, "Oh, because we 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 like literally were gonna rear end somebody at like 80 miles an hour." Yeah, right? especially like and in HPD one, the yeah. you can really come up on some people who are you know off pace because it's HPD one, yeah. like yeah. It's, it's, it's understandable, right? Yeah. And then, and then after that, um, that same session, he gets back on, and I told him, okay, stay offline, just slow down, let's get everything off the car, all the dirt, all the rocks, whatever. And he spins out again. Mm. He just he couldn't do it. And then I remember Bolton and Ryan coming up to me and said, what, what, what happened? What's going on? And I told him what happened. And he basically said, yeah, he says, you know, sometimes there's people like that. And then I had to send the guy home. That's You're done so... for the day. And I, that was my first time I had to send somebody, somebody uh, uh, home, and then um, that's then my sad. other one was, yeah, it is. I hate doing that because I, you know, yeah, that's just sad. Uh, there's just people who sometimes don't get it right away, and I always, I always try to help that person at least go home with a smile, regardless if you learn nothing, mm-hmm. but at least you go home with a smile. You know what I mean? That makes me happy, yeah. right? So, so then one time I was at Cal Speedway and I was in a twin turbo Lamborghini, um, uh, Mur- Mercy Lago. Okay. So something, uh, momentum car, like your Corolla or, uh, oh, yeah. Celica. Yeah. Perfect. Uh-huh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. And this guy, I'm not going to say who he was, but he was a famous, um, famous clothing line designer and, uh, wait, guy. wait. So was this the guy that came from Hawaii and because I remember we had somebody show up with a Lamborghini and he was like some artist from uh, Hawaii. Oh, this an, no, this guy was an older gentleman. Oh, okay. Guy. Never mind. Never mind. Different. Guy. And uh, he had a Murcielago, which Murcielagos are heavy, big, you mm-hmm. know, they're big, heavy cars, a lot of power. And this guy, this thing was twin turbo. Yeah. And, and, and his thing was, I just want to go. 170 miles an hour down the open. And I said, the first thing I said, well, I'm not going to let you do that because at that time, uh, fast toys, one of their rules was that they couldn't go faster than 160 miles an hour because just liability reasons. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Well, you got to remember these guys have more money than talent, right? So, yeah. and, and, and whoever's going to listen to this, it's, it's not, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but that's just the reality of it. Right. Um, because I think the car can do anything. Right. Yeah. But the, yes, the, the, the car can do it, but can you do it? Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, let, let me put this way. 
the car may be able to do it, but are you going to be able to teach? Are you going to be able to handle what the car is doing? Right? Exactly. That's ahead of that car, right? Yeah, the audibles so, that uh, happen. Yeah, yeah. So I went out in the car, and it was out. You know, it was it was a it was a um, it was the the setup was done by some company or whatever. The car was hella fast. Like, oh my god, the the torque was unbelievable in that car. Mm-hmm. And um, we get onto the oval, and I see him to accelerate. And he just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And I look over and he's doing 175. Whoo! <laughs> and, oh, um, and I go, and I'm, I'm like, my hand is kind of like reaching like a little bit, like reaching, like ready to grab that steering wheel, you know, just, just ready. But at the same time, you, you figure like you, you're going to, you know, some, if something happens at that speed in these cars, it's, it's, uh, it's a problem, right? Yeah, so, it's pretty like, much over. Like, I don't care how yeah, safe your yeah. car is at no, 170, yeah, it's, over. it's over. Yeah, yeah, it's over. So I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, how, how good is it going to be me holding the string while something happens, right? But anyway, you know, you have this instinct, like you're holding on to it. And the guy, we, we go through turn two, right? And, and coming out, uh, he, he dips in, he dips back up. And I, I started to notice the car, like, want to go up by itself a little bit. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, so I grabbed the wheel and I just pointed down still, right? And he, he blocked, he got blocked and like, not blocked, like literally, but his mental state was gone. Like he, he, his hand, oh. I could see the pain popping out of his hands. Right. And, and I just held it there and we went all the way around the track. <laughs> oh, you just uh, kept going. Whole, I mean, we, did, we did the whole thing and, and fast, faster got in trouble for that. And I had, a, I had to tell the track that day. Like what happened? And I told him. We told him to go this speed, but he didn't listen, and he went this speed, and he wasn't going to make it, and he was just stuck there. And literally, like I was telling him, "Okay, you, you can slow down now," you know. And like he was still on it, and I, one of those things I had to sock him get to get the attention. Wow! Like literally yeah. hard reset, essentially on a yeah. on a human. Yeah, but 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 that but that's a problem too, though, because you startle them, right? And yeah, they, and they could like jerk the wheel. They can do. Yeah, they can jerk the wheel. So I'm holding it, you know. I, I kind of like I, I think I elbowed him when I when I kind of then grabbed the wheel. Like I, I don't remember what exactly, but anyway, but I caught his attention for sure. And um, I, I think I hit his shoulder or something. But yeah, those are my two scariest moments. Yeah, going over, and that's going into turn one, the the yeah. main. Oh God. Oh no! There's actually one more. Shit! I oh forgot. shit! <laughs> I was I was at Coda. I was at Coda doing it. It was an event for Lamborghini the Bull Run, mm-hmm. and and I was at Coda, and it was and they had to have instructors. And the Bull Run had contacted NASA, Texas NASA, to be the instructors of the cars. And I don't I don't know if you remember Thomas Michael. Uh, name sounds familiar, but Thomas Michael was the guy who did a lot of real estate. Uh, he always hang around with us, and then he he had the BMW. He was with Midnight Oil. Oh, okay. I think I remember. remember yeah. So so he's the one who called me. Said, "Hey, Pat, they need instructors. I know that you did this, do that." And I said, "Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll fly down there." So they paid for me to fly down there, and I was with this kid who who's used to own a his family owned a bunch of truck stops. Okay. And this kid had like he was like nineteen, twenty years old. And he can barely fit in this in this car, in this Lamborghini. He can barely fit in it. <laughs> and I remember his head was kind of shaped weird, so his helmet looked like the cone heads. You know, like remember the movie? The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, remind me of a minion head with the helmet. But, and, <laughs> oh and poor guy. Squinch, no, he had to squinch down because the roof, like the helmet, was hitting the roof. Right. Okay. And this guy was like fix something, and all these cars when you're that tall, you don't fit very well. And, yeah, um, I know. Six so we foot. Were going in, yeah, yeah, and we were going turn. I think it was turn six at Coda, and, it, and the car. There's cut. It's kind of like a Magic Mountain where the car lifts a little bit. Oh, okay, okay. So the rear end lifts, and I tell him, "Okay, don't lift. Just maintain the speed. Don't lift." And he sees this other Porsche pass right by him. He goes faster. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I'm." This guy's passing me. I said. That's fine. So we're going, going, and then like the fourth lap in, he decides to lift, and we spin, and we crash into the barrier on my side. 
Oh, God. And we bounce right back onto the middle of the track, and these cars are coming right at us. Dude, I never – you remember – I don't know if you saw the movie Roger Rabbit, right? Yeah. When, when, when Roger Rabbit, like his eyes pop out of his head. When oh, he, my God. When he sees a hot chick, right? So that was these people – I, I'm looking the white of their eyes and their eyes are popping out of their head because we're bouncing back in the middle of the track. And I thought, oh my God, they're going to hit us. As it is, there was no door on my side. It was just a frame. So it, it, frame it just like popped off. The, the door exploded. Jesus. It was exploded because I had carbon fiber doors and it just exploded. And um, so fucking the... the, the just talking about this experience gives me the goose pimples I have it right now. But anyway, so I bounce off, I bounce off the track and see these cars coming. And the first thing the guy goes, can I get out and check my car? And I go, no, you're not getting off anywhere, right? And then sure enough, man, the um, safe fire safety comes out within like seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's an F1 track, dude. Like they, oh, they have. Yeah. These guys are like on it, right? And they come out, they check me. They say, hey, please check my driver. Doesn't seem to understand, like, you can't get out of your car. So I don't know if he's, like, mentally there or he's just having this high moment, you know? Yeah. And um, so we get out, you know, we get out of the car and I look at the car and the car was just, my whole side was gone. It was in pieces. And, I, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is nuts. And um, How are like, you, like, though? Like, uh, did was, airbags was, go I, off or... Oh yeah, airbags went off, everything. But my adrenaline was so high, I didn't feel anything. And I and then I remember like the next session. So it was lunchtime. The next session, the repair to the wall was already done. Damn! Like, you couldn't even tell. Couldn't even tell that there was an accident there. Wow. And um, so that that was that. And then um, I drove home. Me and Mike, me and Thomas Michael drove home like three hours back to back to. Um, uh, where, is it? where is he at? I think he's in Houston, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, we go back three hours, and then I felt the pain. It's like, oh my god, I'm in so much pain. Damn. Yeah, man. That, I, that's that was that. That's my three moments that I've been like, oh my god. Yeah, that is that is really scary. And I mean, uh, getting into a car that can do. I, I mean, to be fair, uh, pretty much most cars <laughs> nowadays. Can go, what car, yeah, can go really it, fast. Yeah, I mean, there's not too many instructors that will get in the car. Yeah, it, it's a special, it's a special group of instructors that will actually get into somebody's car. Because you think about it, right? We we don't know who these people are. We have no, no idea. No, we have no idea. We're, you know, like I tell, like I tell my, a lot of the students, you know, really, really take advantage of your instructor. And, you know, give them some, some, you know, props for what they do because we, we don't know who you are. Yeah. You can be a psycho killer. You can be any, you can be anybody. Sorry, my, my girlfriend is putting in hardware force. <laughs> uh, so, um, so, you know, you, you can't really tell who, you know, who, who you are. And then, you know, I always tell them, you know, we're, we're short of a taco of a combination plate. You yeah. know, we're, the instructors are short of a taco of a combination plate because, it takes a certain amount of, of, I don't want to say, you know, balls, but it just takes a certain person to get into somebody else's car to do, to do what we do. Yeah. It, and this is something that I was explaining to somebody because they said, oh, you're a driving instructor. That must be so cool and whatnot. And I'm like, well, you have to think about it like this way. It's like teaching like you would in a school, but with real and immediate consequences if I'm not able to pass that information out to the student. So like if we are not even if we're not knowledgeable, but if we aren't able to transfer that information in a way that the student can understand it and then transfer that over into his driving, we will see those mistakes come back immediately and we are along the ride for those consequences and yeah yeah, and i I mean i i was explaining this to i think it was like a co-worker or something and i said imagine your most aggressive friend that you have that thinks he's the shit at driving now that's most likely gonna be one of the students that we get 
Because everybody that goes to the racetrack, they don't go there because they think they suck. They go there because they think they're good and they just need someone else to co-sign it. Right, and and that's and that's the truth. Everybody thinks they can drive until they get to the track and they're like, uh oh. Yeah. Right, and then then you get the two of them that the the, the two class of persons. One that says, "Holy crap, I've been doing it wrong all this time," and I accept it and I want to learn. Mm-hmm. Right, and then the other one is saying, "Nope, I still know what I'm doing. You know nothing." And to be fair, the vast majority, I'm talking high ninety percentage is the people that go like, holy crap, I didn't know that this is what we could do. And right now, like, I've only, up until now, in my short stint as an instructor, have met one person that's, like, just, I don't know, stubborn or incapable of understanding the information that I've given them. And, yeah, um, it, it, it is a really wild um when you really take a step back and look at what we're doing, because if you were to tell somebody, Hey, uh, I want you to get into this car of somebody you don't know, and they're going to drive really fast. They're going to drive as fast as they think they can go. And probably a little bit more than that around this road. You want to go? And it's like, fuck no. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, think about it, right? It was the same thing that me and you, Hey, how can I go faster through eight and nine? Remember? Oh like, yeah. I need to get I'm in the, in the Civic, right? And and I told you, just stay in it. And you're like, no. And I'm like, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then all of a sudden you're doing it, right? And then it's like, okay, just go faster. And I'm like, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? It's 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 weird how some people adapt to this to the to what we do, right? Mm-hmm. And how they listen to us. And you know, what one of the cool things that NASA has taught me is the patience about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean some some structures don't have the patience and don't care to mm-hmm. um but i think there's the few of us like yourself and myself and some of the other guys um like we like what we do right and yeah we, I, I, and, I truly do and, enjoy it yeah and and because we we like what we do we're able to transfer that information where somebody can un- actually understand it yeah and i i mean it, it goes more than like people saying like oh you like instructing because you get the joy ride in um in right. people's cars and it's and it's like no, like I I enjoy it because the the feeling that I get when a student goes after the session and they go, man, I didn't know I could drive that faster. Oh my god, like I had so much fun. Like that could take right. a shitty day, like that you've wrecked your car, or blown your engine, or whatever. And you could look back yeah. on that and go like, damn, like you know, this was a good day, even though. Like, if I hadn't been instructing, this would have been a kind of a crappy weekend. So, yeah. yeah and, and, and you'll get this feeling, too, that now that I, I have, is that all, well, I don't want to say all, but most of my students that I've had have now either become instructors themselves, like mm-hmm. you, and, or race car drivers. You yeah. know, where they're like, oh, my God, Dad, I haven't seen you for years. And then, <laughs> you know, you grow up in the ladder where now they're faster than you, right? Or, or they're better in this, in this in these things that they're doing than you. But that's the cool part, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I I, tra- I gave you a little bit of my knowledge and you went this far with it? That's awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. And, that, that's a, and you'll get that uh, the more that you instruct people and they, they go through the steps, you'll get that same feeling as well. I mean, I, I know of one person that fits that model to the T and that's John from 91 Octane. And it's not just because he's been incredibly kind and supportive and like a lot of the things that I've done, but I've seen him seen the way that he's driving his heads up, having the right attitude and going off and really internalizing his own mistakes and making sure that he's constantly trying to push himself and become a better driver. And I mean, I see his lap times, I see his improvement and I'm like, damn, I'm going to be struggling to help him because um, all the stuff that I, I want to tell him he's doing and uh, there's very little that I can help him out with. And uh, I am really impressed with that. And that is such a great feeling to know that in one way or another, I had an effect that, well, you know, well, is measurable well, that way. Yeah, well, but, but don't think about it as like you taught him and you taught him there's nothing else you can teach him. 
because don't don't ever don't don't ever think that way because even with you you know you're you can be fast in certain things faster than me mm-hmm. but yet i still get in the car with you and i'm telling you what to do to go even faster mm-hmm. right no yeah because the cars that, make uh speed so differently in uh different sections well, no, and there's but, parts but, where but you could do but, better but it's, yeah but it's not even that it's just the it's just the the satisfaction of me or let me rephrase it's not satisfaction it's just me telling you giving you another set of eyes and another set of mm. feeling comfort that i'm telling you you got this go yeah you see what i mean and yeah so that don't, don't ever say that because there's always some sort of reinsurance or some sort of something that you can always bring them back to square one mm-hmm. and teach them that. Does that make sense no that, that's a uh, perfect sense i mean and I think about it like the times that uh, I've had you write in my Black EG, and I was like, ah, I really want to get to like this certain lap time. Like, let's try and get there. And you know, you're you're there pushing me, and yeah, there's maybe like two or three corners where I'm really needing to like lean on you, but the other corners, I, I mean, you're quiet and kind of enjoying the ride because you know, once yeah. once you get comfortable with somebody who's out there driving. Um, you feel safe or rather comfortable when they're pushing it through a certain section because, you know, uh, I've been with this person enough. I, I trust them. But, yeah. Can you... Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought I lost you. <laughs> um, no, no, no. And, and that's that's what I'm saying to you, right? There's mm-hmm. never, there's never a, a moment where you can never, now that you're an instructor, there's never a moment that you cannot teach somebody something. Mm. Yeah, and you, I, I'm and, still learning. And, I'm and still learning. Yeah, yeah, and me too, man. Like I go to so many different type of instruct of instruct instructors teaching instructors, mm-hmm. and I learn something new every time. And and sometimes it's controversial. Sometimes people say, "No, it's not that. You should be doing this way or that way." But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it all leads to the same thing. It's just a different way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Right, different ways of learning how to transfer that information to that other person it's it's the deliverance yeah right yeah it's it's deliverance of the information yeah so patrick what is in the future for you because i remember for a while you you teased me a little bit that you were going to come out and run in tt6 and then i didn't see you uh running time trials and then you went back to instructing coming back and forth so where where am I going to see you in the future? So this year I got um, nominated to teach HP one and two, good with NASA, and do, and to do the Toyota program to help with the Toyota program, the Supras and the eighty six, the GR mm-hmm, series mm-hmm. as well. with NASA. Um, you know, I have I have kids that are in college and trying to do businesses. So I, you know, financially I couldn't race that much, or I couldn't do what I yeah. wanted to. Do. But I think what I'm going to do is, um, I, I, I want to teach some new ways of teaching beginner levels. Mm-hmm. You know, di- stuff, di- different way of communicating the the, the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for sure, and I'm honored to do that. I I work I've been trying to work really hard for NASA to see that to see that hey i can do this which um i think to kind of get off the, the subject a little bit but i think the new direction of nasa for next year is going to be great from what That's i talked good. to mike and i That's think good. i think they're gonna you know, we have more events um and there's yeah. new things happening which is great right yeah um you know no, no i'm not don't get me wrong ryan was an awesome person and love him to death and i love you yeah. on nasa as well I, you know, I love Ryan. Ryan's an awesome person. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I love the old NASA as well. But for sure, I, I um, you know, I think that uh, NASA needs this new change, right? They, because we, like you said, we need newer, younger drivers. Yeah. I mean, right? let let let's be clear about something that the age group in NASA is leans leans uh, older, and yes. um, you know, I want NASA to be around, especially SoCal. Uh, for a long time and i want more people to race in honda challenge time trials and everything so that i can have more people to play with and um you know it's gonna be up to people like us to do things that are probably more uncomfortable for the older generation being out there being more 
um, talkative or whatever, and yeah. uh, trying to figure out new ways of reaching uh, people who are interested and who want to do it and show them that we have a good system in NASA and that it's ready and uh, available for them to come up and, you know, have some fun with us. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, that's the plan with NASA. Um, I still do uh, fast uh, fast toys as well. Mm-hmm. We're doing that next year, too. We'll be doing twice a month in different different tracks. Um, mm-hmm. And we hooked up with a new another company called Apex. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a marketing group company mostly, but they do a lot of track stuff, uh, a lot of like um, super, like you know, a lot of extreme sports stuff. They do mm-hmm. that too as well. Um, but for me, I think what we what I'm going to focus next year is to really grow HPD one and two and the, the Toyota program, of course. Mm-hmm. And me as a person too, as an instructor, I love to instruct, mm-hmm. um, and I, and I'll tell you why I like to instruct. So. Um, I don't want to say that I was never I was never good in school. I was. I just never went to school because that, that didn't, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, it, it didn't interest me. And um, and now that I'm older, um, and I have kids and everything else, it put me into perspective. Like, man, if I went to school, I didn't have to work this hard to do yeah. what I'm doing now. Yeah. That's cool. Right. And again, it wasn't because I didn't know what two plus two is, even though it's six. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, but it wasn't because I just I had no interest. Yeah. And now that, now I'm on the other side where I get to learn something that I love, and I get to teach it. You know, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it gets me like a little bit of a self fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, go to school. Yes, I barely graduated from high school. I did all the crap, all that stuff. Ditched all the time. You know, mm-hmm. ditching parts all the time. Um, race all the time in the streets and stuff like that. And it, and it taught me, this taught me a whole different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so kind of like puts me in a different time and, and I'm happy doing it. Um, so I think I'm going to do more instruction. If I get to race, great. If not, I'll probably do some time trial for fun or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think that's, that's my direction. My direction is going to be that this next year. Well, you know, I'm going to be focusing on, trying to get my car and my little program going um, I saw that. faster. Um, you know, it, it was a big undertaking to get the car ready. And uh, I, I really, like most people that listen to the show um, or listen to the podcast, they know how hard it's been to try and get the car ready for uh, the race over in, um, at Buttonwillow. And, I just want to dial in a couple more things, which means that I probably won't be doing the January NASA event. But I just wanted to go out there and, you know, do my first event and go out and race and not completely suck. So um, I felt (laughs) I I achieved that. And uh, now I have a good uh, platform of knowing what I need to change and um, how to attack next year to make sure that um, next year... Um, I, I get a little bit closer to those Honda Challenge guys and be a little bit of a pain in the butt. You know, like Ryan told me, it's all seat time, right? Yeah. The seat time you learn how to drive, the seat time you learn how to maneuver through through traffic in a race, it's seat time about your car. Yeah. Oh, my car doesn't like it here, so I can't mess this up because I'll break this, so we'll mm-hmm. break that, you know? It gets easier, right? Yeah. Um, no, here we go again with the cutting. Um, <laughs> I told her too. Anyway, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, um, it's all seat time, right? But, you know, it is. Even, if, even if your car's not ready, just show up to the track anyway, because you, you don't lose it. And and I have to say, that's one thing about instructing. Yeah. I think instructors, the more they instruct, they get slower. You know, because we're, we're not pushing as much like we used to, unless they're driving, mm. you know, their time's up, something else, they become slower. Because we're not driving ten tenths, we're driving six tenths, mm. right? So your body and your mind gets changed a little different. I mean, that's just my opinion. Like, and I've talked to other instructors, and they feel the same way. And that's why they stopped instructing, is because they felt they were getting slower. Hmm. Interesting. But I'm, I'm getting old. I'm getting old, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I've actually felt the opposite happen, but then again, it's also I've. I've um, had like students who I've, I, I mean, it, I think in the aggregate, 
um, looking at students that I've had. Um, most of the time, it's just trying to get them to be online, be safe, and pass. Right. And, you know, really pushing a student and teaching them how to go a little bit faster, how to be safer, yet uh, really push the car a little bit more than uh, what they were doing earlier. Um, right. I, I felt like that's transferred over. But then again, I think that's also the students that I've had have really lent uh, me to be able to jump in and say, all right, um, let's forget about your lap time. Let's work about being on the gas or on the brake. It's going to be one or two. It's not going to be half or half on, half off. And then committing those things to memory really like then uh, when I go out on there, I'm like, all right, I can't go back on what I was teaching these guys and then fall back into their uh, bad habits because I know what's going on, and I have to keep pushing myself there. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you're young, so you and you're racing, so you're going to become faster, mm-hmm. right? And you, and that's the cool part about being an instructor, being in the right hand seat, mm-hmm. is that you get more of the track than you used to. Yeah. Right. So you get to see that proportion, but once you stop racing and you stop driving and you're only instructing, I I believe oh. that you start to see that. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, because you know, that that doesn't uh, lend itself to the second part of what I was saying, which is, you know, then okay, now when I'm out there, I have to make sure that I'm nailing the points that I've been preaching. Because if not, then you right. know exactly. But if you if I didn't have that, then yeah, that makes absolute sense that you're just, you know, pushing Miss Daisy or whatever, driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. And the other thing too is when you become an instructor, now you're 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 a you're you're being looked up as an instructor, and you're being looked up like this is a guy who knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't go off. He doesn't do stupid mistakes. He doesn't do things. You, you're hold to a whole different standard. Yeah. So, so now you're covering yourself, and you're making sure. Oh, should should I make that move again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um. I, I've. I've preached to so many of my students that not only do you want to like drive well and whatnot, but be communicative with like the people around you, like the other car in front of you or behind you that no matter what, if you're in a Subaru and they're in a Civic and the guy behind you is in a Mustang, like you guys have the most in common right now because you're at the track and no matter if you have another friend who has the exact same car as you, guess what? They're not on the track. And right now, this person and you are way more aligned in terms of what you guys are enjoying than um, your guy with uh, the exact same chassis and setup. So make yeah. friends with them yeah. because they'll help you out. Get faster. Every time, that I, every time that I made a mistake on the track, I always went to and always went to find that person that I blocked or I made him go off or something. Exactly. And I always want to say, hey, man, I'm sorry, you know, I, you know, whatever. And I have to say something, you know, lot now till today, those people that I've done that with, they've always, we've always been in contact, some shape, way, or form. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that, hey, that's Ben, or hey, that's Rob, or hey, you know, that's Jaime, you know, hey, you know, like, you know, we, we know each other just for that little moment of saying, hey, man, I'm sorry for what happened, you know? Yeah. And, and, that... and there's, there's, a, there's a level of respect yeah. between each yeah and a level of like i I trust you i know who you are yeah and that's something that i really wanted to bring when i went uh wheel to wheel to the for my first time because the way we were being sent out um it was spec me out in front honda challenge and then spec 944 so immediately what i went to do was i went and i talked to the spec 944 guys and i said hey I know it's not going to be an if, but when you guys catch up to me, I told them, what do you want me to do uh, specifically? Like, I'll stay on my line and point you by, and would that be cool? Or how, how do you guys want to want to do this so that that way, when you come up to me, you know, we talked about this, he's aware, heads up, I can, I can trust what he's going to do. And we came down to... If I see two of them coming up with me uh, that they're racing together, just to give them the inside of the line, and they'll get out of my way. And then uh, if it's just one, 
to stay in line and just give them a point by and they'll uh, take that pass. And eventually when that happened, they were able to do that. But yeah, in terms of like being very humble and being very um, aware if you do a mistake or something, uh, I went off on on the first race and... Uh, I did uh, talk to the Miata guy that I merged back into uh, on track with, and uh, I, I did apologize to him, and he said it was fine. He was actually kind of impressed that I stayed with them in, in the dirt that's, as they were going cool. in the front. Yeah, straight. you know what? The, but, but you know what? But that's that's what's going to make you as a racer, right? Mm-hmm. You go out to with some other people, not even with NASA. Let's say you go to another organization, right? Yeah, but guess what? That same person is out there too, and they're gonna know who you are, and and people are gonna know you on the track. They're gonna mm-hmm. know who you are, what you say, you know, and that's cool. You know, that's that's a good thing about. That's one of the things that I like about what I do. You yeah, know, that we can all be men and and our men and women together, whatever, because we're all men and women racing, right? We're but all drivers. Day, we're all drivers, and the other day we can always just say, "Hey, sorry about this. Hey, that's cool. We had fun. You know, mm-hmm. this, that, you know." And it's it's cool. It's 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 part of uh, what we do and who we are. Yeah, and I think with that, um, we got an episode. I mean, it's already cool. been an hour and a couple minutes. So yeah, awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, thank Pat, you, thank you. Uh, yeah, that, I'm I'm always super happy to have you on, and uh, definitely need to get you um, eventually with the. Uh, John from uh, 91 Octane um, when he goes out there to this next track event because uh, yeah I'm I'm really uh, proud of uh, the accomplishments he's, uh, accomplishments he's made and I, I would like to see you help him get a little bit faster with stuff that uh, maybe I would struggle with so that's what, I'm, that's what I'm here for so I could definitely you know I me mean? I love to help people so that's that's good awesome man and with that guys uh, that's this episode and I'll see you guys on Monday